Welcome to the Old Chick Snowship Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Arthurton. This podcast is dedicated to helping midlife women step into the inherent power and wisdom of a time of life when they often feel overlooked and underrepresented and even begin to doubt themselves. Each week, we will cover information and inspirational topics along with real stories from real women who are defying cultural stereotypes and perceptions of midlife. Women who are reinventing themselves, starting businesses, chasing their dreams, and tackling challenges they never thought possible. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Old Chick Snowship Podcast. Today, we are talking about dating over 50. And with me, I have Lisa Copeland, who is a dating coach specifically for women over 50. And I want to talk more about that. And she's a best selling author with a book called The Winning Dating Formula for Women Over 50. She's also a regular contributor to the Huffington Post and various other media outlets, specifically on the topic of dating. So, welcome, Lisa. I'm excited to have this conversation with you. Hi, Jennifer. And it's dating over 50 that I specialize in. So, you know, that's the only group that I really help are women in their 50s, 60s and 70s. So before we jump into your story, I'm curious about why specifically did you like, do you target women over 50 or do you like to work with women over 50? Well, it really has to also do with my story, if that's okay, if I can share that. Yeah, yeah. I was married twice. I was married for 24 years to my first husband and then two years to my second husband. The second marriage was totally about chemistry. And when you have Mm -hmm. this intense, intense chemistry, you think, oh my God, this is like amazing because you're, you're actually releasing oxytocin, a bonding hormone every 10 seconds. And what ends up happening is, is you just feel good all the time. But in reality, when that chemistry is so strong, you're usually missing a friendship. And that is what we were missing, Mm. the ability to communicate well with each other. And that's why it only lasted two years. So when I came out of that marriage, I went looking for a coach because I thought, oh my God, you know, I need help. You know, I need someone to help me to choose correctly because I was so embarrassed that I was out of a second Mm. divorce and it was just embarrassing to me, but it really, so many people go through a second and sometimes even a third divorce. And it's, it, it is what it is, <laughs> you know? And so I came to own that, but I went looking for a coach and I couldn't find a dating coach that was like older than 30. They were like mm. men out there, women out there. And I thought, you know what? I'm in my early fifties. I need someone that can really help me figure this out from this phase, like what it's like to take your clothes off again in front of a guy or what it's like, what should I really be looking for this time? Right. And I couldn't find anyone. So I called my sister. I said, oh, I'm doomed to uh, never have a relationship again. I can't find a coach. And, you know, I was like so disempowering myself. And my sister said to me, you are one of the most resourceful people I know. Start figuring it out on your own. And that's what I did. And my friend said to me, oh, my God, you're having so much fun dating and you're meeting great guys. What are you doing? So I shared some of the things with them. And then I came across a statistic of how many people over 50 are actually Mm -hmm. getting divorced or spouses are passing away too. Yeah. And I thought, you know what? I would love to help them because I found eight steps that work for making this happen Mm. for, for women. So yeah, that's what happened. I read a stat a little while ago talking about, you know, the a lot of relationships kind of coming to, to an end at this time of our lives and women being 
much more selective, I guess, like men are so much more interested in like, you know, getting into a relationship, moving in together and women are like, uh, no, thank you. (laughs) Right. Like they're kind of holding things off a bit. Like, but what I wanted to get to is something that you had just alluded to was often when women come out of a relationship, especially in their, you know, late forties and fifties, which was totally me. Like I got divorced at the age of 50, there is this stigma and whether it's perceived or whether it's real, and I think it's mostly perception, right, about being unmarried at this part of your life or being single at this part of your life, like there's a sense of shame or embarrassment about it. Why is that, do you think? You know, when I got divorced the first time, I was 46 years old and none of my friends were divorced. Everybody was married. I was like the first one. And I think there was a sense of shame, like, oh, even though it was the right thing for me, Mm -hmm. we just grew apart and it was the right thing. It was like, oh my God, they can all make it. What's wrong with me? Why couldn't I make it? And when back then online dating was really just beginning and that had a stigma to it today. It's Hmm. very, very mainstream, but back then that had a stigma to it. Like, you're going to go online. Whereas today people will say, well, what websites, you know, are out there and, you know, there it's an awareness. It's very commercialized. Hmm. Now you see commercials for match and eHarmony and all right. this our time. And so it's very mainstream. So I think it's a bit of like a sense of failure that we feel like, oh my God, we failed. And especially like I mentioned that second marriage, that was like the most embarrassing thing to me. Like, not only did I fail once, I failed twice and all my married friends were still married. (laughs) So, and it's shame, it's shame. Yeah. I think this is true for many women because a lot of the women that I've talked to, it's that same kind of shame, that sense of failure, or even that sense of like, what's wrong with me? If everybody else can hold it together, why couldn't I? And I know I definitely went through that, but like, how do you counsel women who come to you with that sense of shame or having failed? How do you get over that to be able to get to the next step of like, okay, I really want to date and I am valuable. (laughs) So one of the things I'm very about not seeing this because I learned from doing it. These are not failures. There are no Mm. failures. You can't do anything wrong. What it is, is you want to see it as a way to choose differently in the future. Mm. And one of the things I have women do as part of my program is they create what's called a pattern chart. And they look at all the men that they have been attracted to in the past that they've been in a relationship with. And the purpose for that is because when it sits in your head, you don't see it. But once you put it on paper, you'll realize you're dating the same guy just in different clothes, different shoes, and a different job. <laughs> you know? Oh, yes. Been there. Same yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> Check. I can relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> Same emotional issues. And so what this does is it helps them recognize what they've done in the past mm-hmm. so that they can choose differently for in the future, which we then create what's called a quality man template which gives them a clear vision of the right man for them today. Because so many women date like they did in their 20s. And this is not really your goals. This is in where you were in your 20s was about finding a baby daddy. You know, it really was your hormones were raging. Today, we're one of the first generations to do this. And that's why it's so not clear, like what we're supposed Mm -hmm. to be doing. And we go back and we date like we did in our 20s and fail. You want to think about 
what's going to make me happy? We're growing old together. And so I share with clients, don't let chemistry be the number one thing or even attraction. Mm. Both can grow for women. Men have to have instant attraction. It's how they're wired for us. It can grow. And when they're knocking people off right and left online, these could be amazing men for them that will be there for them at the end of the day, when they've had a hard day, we'll get them a glass of wine or their favorite cup of tea where they can go out and travel, go to restaurants, those kinds of things. It's a whole different way than when you dated in your twenties. It's supposed to be fun. It should be fun. So there's a couple of things you said there that I want to dig into. So what goes into a quality man template? I'm curious about that. <laughs> like, so somebody's writing this template, like what kinds of things are they putting into this? So it, it's a formula that, you know, so what it has is you want to get really clear on your goals. You need short-term and long-term goals with dating because It can take a while to find the right guy. That's truly universal timing. And you can also have short relationships along the way. I call them practice relationships. They Mm -hmm. just help you learn more about yourself and what you want. You want to get clear on your deal breakers because where women really settle, it's not when a guy doesn't have 55 degrees and they think, oh my God, you know, he's not enough because he's not educated enough. What it is, is you settle when you break your own deal breakers. And that's why, again, it's so important to have it listed out on paper because in your head, you will excuse men because you might have amazing chemistry with them. You also want to get clear on qualities. The qualities are like a dream list. Like, you know, what is it that you really, really want? What is ideal? But the most important thing are values because you need a man who shares the same values as you do. Otherwise you could have 99% of the qualities, but if your values disconnect, you don't really have a relationship. And most women, when they're doing this template, they go back and they look, oh my God, did this guy, did the guys have my values, share my values? And most of the time they'll find they really didn't. And it was all about other things other than these values. You also need to know your red flags, you know, from the pattern chart is where they get it Mm -hmm. from. And then you need to know how you want to feel around a man. Most women disconnect from this feeling, this emotional feeling of how they want to feel. What they feel is chemistry and they use that as the barometer. But you really want to see, how do I feel? How does he treat me? Do I feel loved, Mm. cherished, adored? Or do I feel like I'm constantly bending like a pretzel to accommodate him? So women say to me, when I say, what do you think got you the guy? And they'll always say their quality man template because they would never have seen him without that, you know, without this template, they would have passed him by and they would have been continuing to date their old type. And if their old type worked, they would be with him. And in this quality man template, they became aware of their old type, created a new type, and then they could see him. And it opens the possibilities too of men that you could date. Yeah. And I was just thinking as you were talking that And I know this was true for me coming out of my marriage, like I was married for 22 years coming out of my marriage. I honestly didn't know what I wanted. Mm -hmm. Like I had no clue. I mean, I hadn't had a date in, well, we were together for 30 years. Like I hadn't had a date in 30 years. Right. And I honestly did not know. And I remember sitting there trying to write a list going up. Okay. What is it that I'm looking for? And I was like, well, and it took some time 
like before I could even write that list, I had to spend some time with myself. Like I had to get clear on me. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think often that's a bit of a misstep. Like we come out of a relationship or we come out of a marriage, we're feeling all this shame and failure. And we think the way to fix that is to just get into another relationship so we can check the boxes and eliminate the shame. And that's probably why we repeat the patterns. Do you agree with that? Totally agree. And what we're doing is we're looking for acceptance of ourselves outside of ourselves versus inside of ourselves. Because when we have, it really is an inside job. Mindset for anything you do is 80% and strategies are 20. If you're feeling crappy and shame about yourself, you're going to attract a guy that feels crappy too. And he'll either put you down or he will not, you will not get that reflection of how you are, how amazing you are. You will only get mm-hmm. that when you feel that inside first. That's the only yeah. place to get it. <laughs> that is so true. Like I remember the first relationship I had post my divorce. It was a disaster. And like I didn't realize it at the time, but I was feeling at the lowest of lows about myself at that particular point. At the same time, I, you know, my we got divorced, my daughter went away to school. So I was an empty nester. I lost my 30 year career as a corporate executive and I had like a stress related illness. So I was at the lowest of lows in my life and I was feeling pretty crappy about myself and the relationship that I attracted in. Now that I look at it, I was just like, oh my goodness. Like it was so bad. It was so bad. And it took me a while to extricate myself from it. And the funny thing is (laughs) I was actually in the grocery store like two weeks ago and I ran into this person. And, you know, like I had no hard feelings. I mean, we're still friends, you know, everything. But what was going through my mind was thank you, thank you, thank you for reflecting me back to myself. Because had I not had that relationship, which really was a disaster, like I wasn't me. I don't think he was him. Like it was just just a disaster from beginning to end on so many levels. But I'm really, really thankful that that happened because it did reflect back to me some things that I had to do, some work that I had to do on myself. And, you know, one of my spiritual mentors says, like, if you can ever get to the place where, why is this happening to me and switch it to what do I have to learn from this is when you know that you're growing. And I learned so much about myself from that particular relationship. Always actually working with women. One of the biggest things, well, in my group two weeks ago, what women said was, I have grown so much because dating is really a reflection of you. And you have to grow or you're going to be doing the same thing. And you mentioned about after you come out of a relationship, you definitely want to take time to heal. I can remember coming out of each marriage and you're a little, you are lost because as Mm -hmm. women, so many times we do bend like pretzels to accommodate men and we give ourselves up and what it is we loved and we actually become them. And one of the things that men are so attracted to in us to begin with is who we are and what we love doing. That's Mm. the biggest attraction factor. And then we give it up to accommodate them. And then they get bored because they don't want to date themselves. They want you in their life, how you are. And you're pretty amazing. (laughs) Yeah. So I want to go back to something else you said about settling and, you know, women not necessarily needing initial attraction, but that that can grow over time. So how do you know when you enter a relationship and maybe you don't feel that like instant attraction, how do you recognize the difference between I'm settling versus this is something that I can grow into? Like what's the distinction between those? 
So with my clients, I always say, if a guy's a really nice guy, give him another chance. You give Mm. him about three or four chances because that's when attraction can grow. I remember I was in a relationship with a man who on the fourth date, I was ready to break up with it. I mean, just to not date him anymore. We weren't in a relationship yet. We were just dating. And he reached across the table and he touched my face in a way that suddenly, boom, sparked that attraction. And if he has, like I will tell clients, if he has what's on your quality man template, give it a chance for that attraction Mm. to grow. Because if you think about it, you know, back in the day, a lot of marriages were arranged and people did fall in love as you got to know someone and the attraction factor did happen. We today are speeding that process along so fast, trying to figure out if a guy is the one before our cup of tea is done. And you have no way of knowing anything except if you have a chemical reaction with him. And there's so much more that can create the attraction. Like let's say one day you're not feeling great. And he calls you and says, how are you? And you say, and you're still not feeling the attraction. And he says, how are you? And you say, oh, I have a cold. And he says, you know what, for dinner, I'm going to bring you some soup. I'll leave it on your doorstep. I mean, that can really touch your heart Mm. and make you start to think, wow, you know, this might be a really good guy. I should give it a chance. Right. Because I remember like just we were chatting a little bit about this before we hit the record button. Like when my current partner and I got together, I was at this place like I had come out of this other relationship. I'm like, I am just I just need to be me for a while and really do some figuring out. And I did that. And then when he approached me, (laughs) I was like, no, I am so good. I am so happy with my life. I don't want to change anything right now. And I turned him down like I turned him down twice, actually. And Like, and I remember thinking like, I just want to be here with me. I'm like, it's like I was building this relationship with myself, which I was because I was, had been so disconnected from who I was and like finding out the things that I liked and what made me happy and what do I want in my next relationship and all of that stuff. And, you know, luckily he was persistent and he, you know, I turned him down twice. And I remember even after we went out a few times, um, I remember saying to my friends, there's like nothing here. There's like nothing. And I I had the same conversation with other friends of mine who have said, you know, and it was such a slow progression. You know, they kept saying, well, just, you know, just go out one more time or like go do that thing if that thing is fun, right? With him or whatever. And then over time, it was like, oh, okay. And I literally would have cut that off after the first date because I was like, first of all, I'm good with who I am and I got some work to do and be, I'm just, (laughs) but I didn't. And I know so many women who have shared that same experience with me. Yeah, because it takes time to really get to know someone. And then the attraction built over time from as you got to know him versus feeling that chemistry. And the reason we feel such instant chemistry with certain people, and it's usually our old type, it feels like, oh my God, I feel like I've known him forever. That's what I had when I met my first, um, no, my second husband. I feel like I've known him forever. And it's because you have. What we don't realize about relationships is we're really working out issues that came from family of origin. And so we'll continue to choose the same type of person with the same issues. And that's why you have such instant chemistry with them. And that's why it's so important to know your usual type, because usually they're just not good for you now if you're growing and moving on. But that chemistry tug pulls on you and it can really mix you up because chemistry makes you think I can trust this person. 
but more mm. than likely you don't want to trust them because that's all hormonal. If that's all it is, is chemistry. Yeah. Doesn't mean there's anything under it. <laughs> and when you're with the, the same kind of person, there's a familiarity to it as well, too, that can feel comfortable, even though you don't necessarily want that it feels comfortable. And so I think it could be easy to confuse that. Yeah. Because you've been with that kind of person your whole life because it started in family of origin. Yeah. That's why it feels comfortable. So many times what will happen is women will say to me, I always, when they, we do their pattern chart, one of their patterns is I always meet emotionally unavailable men. And I'll say to them, okay, let's take a look here. What parent was not there for you, mm. was emotionally unavailable to you. And they'll always say a parent, they could see that right away. And that is why they date emotionally unavailable people to work out the issues because we think it's for falling in love. Relationships are for falling in love and they are, but they're also about our own growth. (laughs) So yeah. It's so true because I mean, my ex-husband and I are very good friends now. Like our family still celebrate holidays together and stuff. And we've both done a ton of work since our marriage. And I've been lucky enough to have some really, really good conversations with him about our marriage. And, you know, it was like, we, like, we both recognize where we were triggering each other, like crazy constantly all the time. Right. Like him triggering my wounds, I'm triggering his wounds. And we're just like in this constant until we literally just couldn't take it anymore. Right. And we both now have been able to come at it and discuss what our marriage might have looked like, you know, had we understood because this is the other thing, right? Like we got married in our twenties. Like I didn't understand any of that stuff, right? Like, you know, I just didn't know. We both didn't know. And so, you know, it's like constantly like just trying to manage your own reaction to things and, but you're blaming it on the other person. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. 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 You are. Mm -hmm. But I've gotten some amazing insight on relationship from it, being able to have that conversation with him and kind of deconstruct like where we were both coming from and how we both saw situations like the same situation. And we both saw it so completely differently. Yeah. Right. So like, that's just been actually endlessly fascinating for both of us to kind of, to be able to pick it apart. And now we're very happy being friends. Like, I mean, there's nothing there. We've both moved on. We both have other partners, but it offered some really interesting insight along the way. So one of the things I've seen you talk about a lot is dating mindset. Mm -hmm. Can you pick that apart for me a little bit? Like, what do you mean by (laughs) dating mindset and what does that look like? So most women think men too. Oh, I'm going to put my profile online and they will come. It's like field of dreams. When Kevin (laughs) Costner said, if they build it, they will come. If you build it, they will come. But Yes. You know, as we've just been talking about the people that are going to come are the people that you most likely don't think you want, because these are like people that are totally opposite of your usual type. Cause I hear from women, Oh my God, all the guys that I have no interest in contact me and all the men that I want to be interested or that I'm interested in don't, but you're not really understanding why you're attracted to whoever you're attracted to. So Anyway, but they think I'll put a profile up and they will come and and the wrong guys show up. And that's because what's missing is 
exactly what we talked about before is that inner glow about yourself, Mm -hmm. that understanding of, and that acceptance of yourself for where you are, because we look in the mirror and we can see how we've changed since we were 20. I mean, I can get hung up on this too. I can go, Oh my God, you know, this or this or this. And you have to remind yourself, Hey, I mean, I'm 65. Oh, no, wait, I'm 66. (laughs) I forgot. (laughs) I go, I'm 66. I'm amazing just the way I am today. You know, I'm good the way I am today. Stop comparing yourself because that constant nailing yourself for what you think is wrong with you, it is like a smack to your psyche every single time. Whereas you are amazing and you are more than just your outside looks. But because we are older, we could have wrinkles, we could have all of this. People say, you know, women get scared. Will a man like me? Am I too old? And I will tell you, no, men like women of all ages, all shapes and sizes. And the biggest thing is it comes for accepting yourself and feeling good about you. Because if you feel good about you, you'll attract someone that wants you just how you are. And that's the biggest, biggest piece of mindset is loving yourself. Yeah. and coming from that place of dating versus coming from fear of, will he like me? Because that's really disempowering. I remember my first date after my first marriage and I was like a soccer mom. Then I was sitting on bleachers, you know, watching my kids play sports. So I had, I thought I was so cool. I had all these black t-shirts and jeans that were maybe like upscale jeans, but I had these awful Birkenstock kind of shoes from Land's End at the time. And, but I thought I was like, cool, because I was a soccer mom. And then I have to go out on a date, my very first date. And I pull everything out of my closet and I can't find a single thing to wear. And it's because, and I call my sister and I cr- I'm crying. I'm going, oh my God, my sister's my, one of my greatest teachers. <laughs> I'm reflecting. But I go, oh my God. Is he going to like me? Is he going to ask me for a second date? As if she had a crystal ball and could tell me all this stuff. And because I didn't feel good inside, I was Uh, disempowering myself. Yeah. And it was terrible. It was terrible because you want to go on a date feeling like you are the prize. You have value, no matter if you have wrinkles, if you have crepey skin, if you have, you know, your hair is not as thick as it used to be, whatever it is, you want to get to that place of knowing that doesn't matter. What matters is who you are inside and how that comes up and you glow when you feel good inside. And that's the real key. Yeah. And, you know, I, and I understand, like we talk about this a lot on this show and I understand that like we live in a, in a culture where women have been taught that their value is in how they look. Right. Right. And so, you know, we're constantly comparing ourselves to other women, to pictures and ads on social media, all of that type of stuff. And, you know, like how we look is one thing, but what we need to do, and this is, I think, probably the biggest shift for all of us in midlife is to turn the mirror back and go, okay, how we look is one thing, but what really matters is me. Like all of the life experience, the knowledge, the wisdom, everything that I've accomplished in my life, all of the challenges, like this have made me into an incredible person. Right. And I couldn't have got there without the outside. Maybe it's a few more pounds, some gray hairs, a few, you know, sags and wrinkles, right? Like none of that matters, but it's difficult when we're being bombarded with images of what the perfect woman should look like. 
And I'm sorry, but most of them don't look like 55, 60 year old women, right? Yeah. And they're also photoshopped. They don't even look exactly. like how they look in the magazine. They're very, very photoshopped with makeup artists around them as well. Yeah. Constantly. And I got to tell you, you know, we do as women compare ourselves to mm-hmm. other women and men don't even like a lot of that stuff. I've had lots of women meet men when they didn't even have makeup on and men don't care. Right. They are not looking there are some men that will be, and those aren't the men you want. The men that are super critical, the men that have to have it a certain way or are looking for a younger woman. Not all men are looking for younger women. Men will try it. Then why not? You know, it's like, oh, my ego. But they find out they have nothing in common. <laughs> There's just no shared history. Yeah. And I, I want to say another little caveat here too for our value as women. Often thing our value as women is being amazing caregivers and we end up overgiving and (laughs) that is not value. That is training somebody to stop giving to you. And it's fine to be nurturing, go nurture yourself first, you know, and stay at a lot of that nurturing of yourself and you can nurture the relationship and you can give, but don't be the 90% giver, you know, balance that back out to like 40, 60, 45, 55. And he could be a little more giving than you. It's hard for us to receive from men. We think we have to do it all, but you're really making a big mistake doing that. Yeah. And you just hit on something really important, which was a huge lesson for me was about receiving. Like Mm -hmm. I did not realize how much I was uncomfortable with receiving till I got into my current relationship. And then one day he called me out on it (laughs) where he's like, he's like, you are so difficult to give things to. And I was like, (laughs) first of all, I was mad. And then I was like, what do you mean? And then I had to be like, oh, crap. Yes. Okay. You're right. And he said to call me on it a few times where it's like, why are you putting up this? I just want to give this to you. Like, I just want to do this for you. Right. But I was of the, okay, well, I need to do this on myself because that's who I am. Right. And then I was like, oh boy. (laughs) Well, we see ourselves as weak receiving. We perceive our strength as in how much we give, but your real strength is letting others give to you because otherwise everything falls on your shoulders. And when I work with clients, I hear all the time, they figure out from that pattern chart that they were dating beta males and they were giving like 90%, a hundred percent. And the guy was giving nothing. And that can happen with an alpha too. It's not, you know, it's right. not like yeah. that, but you know, they realize I don't want to do it all anymore, but we think, oh my God, we're weak. We'll come across as weak. no let a man help you. That's part of the synergy between you is that you both can give to each other. Not that you have to be the total nurturer. I saw someone, I was at a party once and we all sat down and I'm watching my friend stand up, literally stand up and get her husband ketchup for his, whatever it was. I think it was like a it must've been a, a cookout and she's pouring the ketchup for him. And I nearly fell off my chair. I'm like, Oh <laughs> my God, what are you doing? I didn't right. say anything because they seem to have a marriage that works between them. But for, you know, she was like doing everything. Do you need more honey? You know, I was ready to say, do you want to cut his meat too? You know, like a, a little kid, but yeah, it's like, Watch that giving. You know, you're the prize. Let man work. Let men work for you. Let men give to you. They truly want to. Men are amazing. If we will just see it, they have an amazing heart. 
Men accept you for who you are. As women, we fall in love with a man's potential and we try and raise him up to that potential. Men love you just as you are. And they really are wired to make you happy. We just Mm -hmm. don't let them. Yeah. Or we think it has to be done a certain way. That's a big problem. <laughs> letting go of control, letting go yeah. of control. And hard. Just, yeah, yeah, that's really hard. The other thing that you talk about is spiritual and practical tips for dating. Are there like kind of the top three or the top five that you have, you know, tips that you would offer women for dating in your 50s? Well, I think we've talked about the biggest one, and that is coming mm-hmm. to really just love yourself. Right. And that is like the biggest spiritual thing that you can do for yourself because you can only attract from where you're at. Right. I think the other biggest thing is it's really easy to complain about no men will want me, no good men are out there. There's, you know, no, I'm too old. But the problem is, is what you focus on is what's going to show up in your life. So if you're Mm. focusing on the negativity, that stuff is going to continue to show up versus I always tell women that stuff's always going to be there. Okay. You don't have control over those people. You need to stay focused on what it is that you want and then let go of the other stuff. Yeah. And then the other thing is, I would say the top three tips. The third one is start to visualize as if that man is already in your life. My clients laugh because I'll say to them, okay, when you get up in the morning, when you first wake up, I want you to imagine him next to you and how you each give each other a hug and a kiss before you start the day. And, and also imagine, you know, what you're going to do together and just visualize all this. It's the same as a vision board in some ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Board is a great thing to do. But when you think about this guy all the time in terms of how you see your life as if it already was today, as if he was there, yeah. that draws that energy to you. Yeah. And I am going to give a fourth tip. Yes. The real guy can be universal timing. You may have some kind of soul commitment to date different people to work stuff out for yourself. So and those, like I said, are practice relationships and they are to help you for growth so you can get to where it is that you want to be. Yeah. So do those yeah. all make sense? <laughs> that makes perfect sense because this is pretty much everything that we talk about on this podcast when we talk about reinventing your life or you know creating your kick-ass next chapter is first of all, you are valuable, right? Same yeah. thing that you talked about here. Focus on what you want right? Like, again, there's going to be a thousand million reasons why you can't have the thing that you want. But if you think about those, just like you said, I am such a huge proponent of visualization. Like I, this is part of my daily practice every night before I go to sleep, before I tackle any task for the day, I visualize it already done. And the outcome of that before I've even started it, like it has literally changed my life. And it's the one thing that I am forever talking about and you know, teaching in my workshops and with my clients, because having that visual keeps it clear, like keeps you, it's like driving your car without a destination, right? You're going to turn left, you're going to turn right. And you're like, have no idea where you're going to end up. But if you have it in your mind about where it is that you're trying to go, you're more likely to be able to make the right turns to get there. <laughs> right. So same yeah. thing with the relationships and the part about Again, you alluded to this about, you know, the practice relationships and which again was so true for me. Like I had, I had not had that really bad relationship. I probably would have continued in a pattern where like, luckily I was 
aware enough to be able to see, okay, I need to own my shit now. Like this is yeah. mine, <laughs> right? This is nobody else's. This is mine and work on it. And it's, again, it's, it's the same thing. Like sometimes you don't get exactly what you want because there's one more step that you have to take to really get clear on it or to learn a lesson or, or something that's going to be valuable down the road. So these are beautiful tips for dating, but they're also amazing tips for life. Right. Because the way you do anything is the way you do everything. And people will, clients will always say to me, my life has changed all over my life, not just in dating. And I guess I do have a fifth one that you can do. Okay. Create a love playlist. Look for songs that really fill your heart up, that really touch you, that, you know, they can be love songs and, or they can be just something you want any music that makes your heart just open up. And it doesn't have to be a love song. You know, there can be anything that just opens your heart up because that's the real key. You want to start opening your heart because as you talked about, you asked in the very beginning, or you mentioned about in the very beginning, women being picky. The reason they are is they're protecting their heart. And we want to really help you get your heart open again so that you'll you'll go out and have fun meeting men and you'll go out and meet great guys. They could turn out lots of different kinds of relationships. It doesn't have to be the only one because can I share those relationships real quick, Jennifer? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I think one of the cool things when you're older is you don't have to have just marriage. Like our generation, you got married. I mean, today kids have made it. So you have more different relations or more types of relationships, but the kids, our generation wasn't like that. It was geared to marriage or you were an old maid. Okay. And there's stigma around that too, about never Mm -hmm. having been married. And there's all kinds of reasons I've helped many women still get relationships at this time in their life. It's about going through why you were stayed single and opening your heart. It's usually something that shut your heart down. But anyway, so we get choice and here's the choices. You can have a guy as nothing when you meet him. You just, you think, and you just say, you know, not a match. You can have a guy as a friend. In fact, Making guys friends is one of the greatest things you can do so that you are around male energy when you're not dating or when you're between dates and you can practice those skills about understanding men. The third thing is, is you can be in a long-term committed relationship and that could be living together or living apart. A lot of people still want their own space Mm -hmm. and they do live apart and it's worked successfully for them. And many live together. It's worked successfully for them too. And then there's marriage. So There's lots of options. It doesn't have to be one way or the other. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, like alluding back to that study that I was talking about at the beginning, they were saying that actually, maybe we weren't talking about it. Maybe it was the pre-recording, but it was about (laughs) women over 50 are less likely to want to cohabitate with their partner than men over 50 are. Men over 50 would be like, yeah, yeah. And they're kind of looking, I guess, for you know, somebody to take care of them. And women are increasingly saying, nope, I'm going to have my space. You're going to have your space. And we're still going to have a relationship that exists in between that, which, yeah. And I think this is so true. Like after a lifetime of doing for everybody and leaving yourself last, and finally women are feeling empowered enough to be able to say, oh no, (laughs) I'm not falling into that trap again. Like I want to be sovereign. I want to be on my own and I still want to be in a relationship with you. And I I love that so much. You know, in fact, my partner and I for, we just moved in together like 
eight months ago after uh-huh. being in a relationship for five years. And it was like a whole new ball game yeah. when we came together because there were, you know, two people who had been living alone for quite a while. Right. And now we were going to come together. It was like a, a whole new level of understanding <laughs> that was required to get us to that yeah. part, that place. So, yeah, I, I mean, I totally get it. But I want to say that not all men are looking for someone no. to take okay. care of. True, them. true, true. Okay. A lot of men, Agreed. what they don't have are the social connections like we do as women. And mm-hmm. they, there are emotions, our strength that we bring to our relationship. Men bring intelligence, not that women aren't intelligent. We no. definitely are, but our strength is our emotions. And, and as we've gone through, as you said, you were in the corporate world, we learned to just squash those emotions down, but yeah. your greatest strength and the place a man feels safest with you is in your emotional ability to own that part of the relationship and to teach them to understand Mm, it. That is true. The strength that they bring is not only their intelligence, but their physical strength. And that's why a four foot two woman wants a six foot guy because she perceives that he's a great guy, may or may not be, but she perceives he's safe based on his height. Mm -hmm. And that's a whole other discussion of how we choose men. (laughs) But yeah. But anyway, men don't have that connections. And so they want a partner they can have the connection with and that they just like women have that. We have friends, we talk about everything and it's different. So, you know, that's what they're looking for. Right. So as we wrap up, like what are the two things or two or three things that women need to understand about men over 50? Like I said before, men are really amazing if you really understand them. Mm -hmm. And I think as women growing up in an age where we became more empowered, which was amazing, but we also got a lot more stuff on our shoulders as a result, because we were keeping our old job of that, you know, the homemaker kind of stuff where thank God kids today don't seem to do that. Like I watch my kids and my nieces and nephews, it's a much more even proposition. Um, And it's learning to get the cooperation of men, not stepping on them and saying, I am woman, let me where I can do this better than you and faster than you. And you probably can, but why do you want to do it all? So the biggest Mm -hmm. thing is, is get the cooperation, learn the language that men speak in here. And it's not the language like we speak to our children, but we speak to men that same way. When we used to say, honey, move your shoes, you know, off the steps. We don't even do it that nice to men. (laughs) You know, we'll say, could you get your shoes off the steps and learn to ask them for help by doing Mm -hmm. that instead of demanding of it, just say, I need your help. You know, companies come in, do you mind moving your shoes? But when you say, I need your help, you're triggering a man and men are about the hero response. They will step up for you if you ask them in the way that they hear it, where it's not like their mom and they have to buck that. So and learn that language men speak in here and accept them for who they are. They are not women in men's bodies. They don't think like we do. They don't process like we do, Yeah, but they just want to make you happy. They would do anything to make you happy when you're in a good relationship. They really would. I just, I think men are amazing. I mean, they're so awesome. We just didn't understand them. And that's why women knock men out all the time for it because they don't have that chemistry. They're not realizing what that man really brings to a relationship. And as you saw with your relationship, how it grew and how that attraction came together. And now you're living together. Yeah. So 
Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This has been fabulous information. Where can people find more about you and the services that you offer on the internet? Because I know there's going to be some some women (laughs) listening who are going to want to reach out. I would love if they reach out. So the name of my website is findaqualityman.com. When I first started my business, I had a business coach. He said, well, what's the biggest problem women have? And I said, most women feel like they can't find a good guy online or a quality guy online. And he goes, well, there's the name of your business, findaqualityman.com. <laughs> so, nice. and I have lots of free gifts on there. We also gave you a link for another free gift that's oh, yes. specifically about men. Right. And it's just, uh, I'm going to give you the title. Let me look at it. So I don't say it wrong. It's a woman's, even though I wrote it, (laughs) it's a woman's guide to understanding men advice about men. Every woman over 50 wants to know, and you're going to leave the link for that, but you can also in the show notes. Yeah. You can also go to findaqualityman.com. There's free things on my website. There's a way to reach out to me. If you're interested in coaching, there's a way to, or just, if you have a question. It's all there. <laughs> so. Amazing. Well, thank you for spending this time with me. This has been a great conversation. And, you know, as much as I have these conversations, like whether it's dating, whether it's starting a business, whether it's a new career, whether whatever it is, I love that, like the common threads, they're common to all of those things. And so as we of women are evolving and our lives are changing, like it's so great to be able to connect the dots to all of these pieces and know that we have the power to create whatever it is that we want in our lives. And our age is irrelevant. True. That's the biggest thing I teach women is how to feel empowered in the dating world and also how to honor themselves. Yes. So we stop bending like pretzels and giving ourselves up. Cause that's the fear about moving in together is I'll lose my independence. That's something you need to own and then work together (laughs) in a cooperative way to make it work for both of you. Yeah. That is so true. And, you know, when we as midlife women can see our value past what we look like and what we do for others, we are on the right track. And that is the whole mission of the Old Chicks No Shit podcast and the community and everything else that I do. Because I was there once too, like questioning my value, right? Yeah. (laughs) So yeah. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is an amazing conversation. So to all of my listeners, I hope you enjoyed this. And until next time. Thank you for listening to the Old Chicks No Shit podcast. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give is to share this podcast with a friend, subscribe, rate and review our podcast on iTunes or wherever it is that you listen in.